So Michael, this was your brainchild. Talk us through what we're doing here today. Well, look, I guess, look, Luke, <laughs> um, the, there's no plan, in, there's no precedent, I should say, or not in our living memory for uh, this, you know, when you so in, in terms of reopening markets, uh, particularly Sydney, Melbourne, which are in lockdown now uh, against the vaccination plan, there's examples around the world, uh, but how it relates to what is nuanced businesses across the sector, from large-scale hotels through pubs through restaurants to bars it's very every business is different and so uh, I think the idea here is like let's just get a few industry leaders in ask them what they're thinking about across that range that that portfolio and then get the message out there uh, in case it's helpful uh, for people who have like properties or uh, similar businesses to at least get a gauge on what other people are thinking and maybe kind of work together a plan as best we can so Simple as sure. that. Collective wisdom. Um, today we have David, uh, Dave Baswell, um, who's Managing Director of Ovalo Hotels. Uh, and we will have, coming up in the week, just in case people want to stay across it, um, we're going to be speaking with Paul Waterson from Australia Venue Co. Um, so he'll obviously be talking about their very large portfolio of properties, more in the pub space um, across New South Wales, Victoria, or right across the country. Um, we have Hamish Watts lined up as well to talk about East Sydney CBD, um, Lower North Shore, all sort of centralised restaurants um, as a hospital, you know, a hospitality group running multiple venues in a pretty close proximity to one another, and we will keep um, working to source more people um, to cover and share their stories. So let's get stuck in with Dave. Welcome, Dave Baswell, back to the Back of House podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I think uh, Luke and I have been, as many of us in the industry at the moment, uh, thinking a lot about reopening and uh, it is not a uh, a clear picture. I'd like to think it's coming into a degree of focus uh, around reopening principles and so forth, but we thought a series of uh, chats with industry leaders would be great across a spectrum of businesses in the tourism hospitality space to uh, get a gauge on what the approach to reopening in the markets that are most affected, obviously Sydney, Melbourne in particular, um, by the current uh, lockdown and then the uh, vaccination um, uh, Freedom Day discussion. So that sort of frames us up for today, Dave. Um, Yeah. So, Luke, why don't you kick off with a question or two? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um yeah, I mean, as Mike said, it's it, it came from really trying to get into the headspace of how operators, leaders are approaching this within their businesses, but also, I guess, then, you know, some tangible um, takeaways for other people in the sector who might be able to learn from, you know, industry gigaheads like yourself. So, I mean, how are you feeling about the next couple of months um, just as a really top line in general? Um, where's your headspace and, and where's the headspace within the businesses to as to... You know, even just levels of positivity or anticipation or excitement. Um, just take us through where your head is at. Yeah, yeah, sure, Luke. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, I think I think it's as clear as as it's, it gets as to how the recovery would look like. Uh, there is definitely a sense of uh, urgency across the board for, in all the premiers and the government and 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 businesses where a vaccination you know rates needs to get to a certain point. To start opening and it seems like we are uh, a month or two away 
from that uh, position. Obviously, different states are, are aiming for different targets at the moment. But end of the day, we're all going towards a higher vaccination rate to start opening the economy. So it's as clear as it gets. I don't think it's going to get any clearer than this. So this provides us uh, or businesses a couple of months opportunity to start preparing for that, uh, you know, possible opening towards the mid to end October. Depends on which city you are in. So I, I, I'm super excited that uh, that it's, uh, you know, we have a, a direction, we have a clarity of where the business is headed and what is required for businesses as well as community to be doing together uh, to actually facilitate that opening and, and bring some kind of a normality back to our lives and, 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 and uh, you know, the day-to-day the -day, uh, of, uh, of businesses as well as people, right? So uh, I am quite excited about it. I think there will be a sharp recovery when it, when it happens, but it will be bumpy. I still expect it to be patchy, especially because we, it's different from the last time, right? Last time when we see, saw the opening, we were still trying to be living in a COVID free world. And that's, we knew how that looks like, how it feels like. So it was very easy to kind of get back to the routine. Uh, this time we'll be setting up a new routine altogether because we'll be learning how to live with the, with the COVID in, in a long run. So I expect it to be. Uh, uh, an exciting recovery period and it will bounce back very, very fast. However, the recovery will be will be patchy. While bounce back is, is primarily because, as we all know, you know, the people are frustrated. They've been sitting at home. They've, they, they've been waiting for that, that human connection. They want to go out and about and, and do something special, treat themselves. And uh, to all respect, you know, we've been very patient, right? We've been sitting at home and, and trying to do the right thing and, and stay away from our friends and and uh, and colleagues uh, and, and businesses. And, uh, you know, it, it's time we, we need to be out and about and, and do something uh, at a different level. So I expect the recovery to be to be really uh, fast. But again, there will be a lot of uh, unknowns which will which will derail and, 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 and cause some concerns at, at, at the start. Just specifically in terms of uh, your uh, city-based properties in particular, like are you uh, the narrative in in uh, in New South Wales, anyways, uh, that as New South Wales opens up, there'll be a deployment to the regions in particular from the city, and, and you know, and then of course uh, there'll be people much like me who haven't got themselves organised mm -hmm. to do that and are looking for city stays as well, I think. Did you sort of buy that argument? Um, and then uh, is that reflective both across Sydney and Melbourne? Yeah, I think we'll see, we'll see a very common trend across the board. Um, you know, in, in every city, it'll be very similar, uh, which is that I, I see the three key trends emerging. The first one is the food and beverage will bounce back much faster than anything else because it's, it's very domestic, it's local, people, that's the easiest way. You know, catching up with a friend for a coffee is, is the, and a beer is probably the first thing everyone wants to do. So I think that recovery in food and beverage will start uh, pretty quickly. It will stay patchy, as I said. Uh, but it will be very fast to come back. So good food and beverage venues, uh, you know, should be aiming for a very good recovery on a very fast pace. The second area of recovery is obviously the regional areas, as people would like to um, leave uh, their apartments and 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 an accommodation where they've been stuck for 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 a long period of time. They probably want to step out and be by the beach or or on the top of the mountain, and they want a little bit more freedom, walk around, new scenery change of space and majority of the country lives in the cities, right? So people would obviously naturally would go to regional locations, but regional look at the same time, I think business will be returning as well. So very, very long extended holidays is not, not everyone will be able to afford. So people need to go for the short 
punchy, experience-driven stays, and that's where the city hotels come the best, right? If you want to experience the best of the food, which is the way for you to catch up with your friends, that exists in the city. You can't do that on the, on the top of the mountain. You can obviously go there with, with your partner, but you've been locked away with your partner for 12 weeks already. Don't you want to do something different? I think so there, there will be a lot of demand for the city itself. I expect that the products, the hotel products, which are in the CBD, which are uh, lifestyle experiences-driven product, will actually see uh, a, a really good recovery. Uh, the recovery where it's delayed is probably uh, corporate business. You know, I think it needs to see till February probably to see where that where that gets to. And bigger events uh, and functions can also be the one which might see a small small delay because you know we don't expect the, the convention center to be busy the next day we open. We don't expect the um, you know the, the stadiums to be busy uh, and 100 full the next day we open. So that recovery would probably take a little bit little bit longer. But I, I believe the food and beverage uh, in all the locations will thrive. Regional properties will get the the best of the benefit when it comes to the travel and the city hotels with the lifestyle and uh, experience driven. Um, you know, product would would see the benefit as well. We um, I remember you giving me this three days, three weeks, three months um, <laughs> thinking. Um, yeah. And is that still how you're approaching it, Dave? And in terms of the pattern that you've just described, is that um, the kind of three month outlook, or um, maybe a little longer? Or as in, I guess what I'm thinking is through till maybe February, there'll be this you know festive season overlay, seasonal behaviours, and then February March is you know the a new year in the uh, in a new operating manner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what period were you speaking about there? Do you think? Yes, yeah, so, uh, see, uh, <laughs> the three days, three weeks, three months is a, is, is a shorter version of my usual way of looking at business, which is more, you know, uh, three years, uh, three months, three years, and 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 ten years of the plan I put in business. Uh, I think uh, this uncertain market is not going to disappear. You know, we learn to live with the change. Uh, previously and now we're learning to live with uncertainty so uh, there's no running away from it so i think that that three days uh planning is is kind of on the side now we know the way we're going to see the recovery we're seeing great examples of it overseas we've seen what happened in 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 uk us and israel and and i know there's a lot of good and bad news mix coming from it but there's plenty of evidence to see the only way out from this scenario. So I, I'm more looking at that three months window and uh, three weeks window and really planning what it's looked like in the business when, when things happen. I expect the next three months to be decisive, uh, you know, where and how the quickly the recovery actually happens. Uh, come mid-October, I would like to think that Sydney would start, you know, limiting, uh, start taking off some restrictions and start piloting what it looks like to live with COVID and other states should learn from it. Instead of waiting and watching, they need to ensure that they very closely monitor it. Uh, Sydney will be the first one to get there with the 70, 80% of vaccinations. Everyone should look at what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, and come together and prepare a federal mandate just so we act like a nation and work together. I, I would like to see that happening. I know the previous examples are, are not very positive in that direction. I think it seems to be all states doing their own thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping we learn from the mistakes we've made in the last few months and uh, and really come together as a, as a as a one country and try and get one uh, a stable platform for or a stable guideline uh, to operate uh, within Australia. And that would be great because if domestic is open, you know, 80% of our troubles go away. And uh, there is very strong economy within our country. We are very, very lucky to have such a diverse economy. 
um, and very balanced economy to some extent that we can live within our own uh, on our own self if we actually have a good guideline. So three months are really decisive, uh, Mike. I think uh, it, it will really decide how quickly and how uh, how efficiently we ride this this recovery wave. But you mentioned um, earlier on uh, in relation to i guess the shift now is that we've gone from a process of um kind of eradicating operating an environment where there was effectively no covid in most major cities um so i guess it's following that through if if when there was um it was pretty quick to lock down um either individual sites or initially early on in the piece you know, if a case visited a venue, they'd shut that venue down for 24 hours or whatever it might be. Now we're going to reopen we're in a world where we're living with COVID. What do you feel like there's an understanding for you as a business that will be trading in that environment? What the impacts will be if, for example, a COVID positive person was to enter one of your hotels? Do you know how you're going to have to approach that yet? Or is that still grey? Or are you forming your own approach as to how you're you're going to have to act when those situations happen because with the case numbers that we have across Sydney and Victoria, for example, that that's obviously far more likely that it was in a different um, sort of uh, operational um, process. Yeah, no, we, we have, uh, I mean, it's a very valid question and I believe every business needs to prepare for it. Um, businesses in normal, uh, you know, office environment, uh, they, they are deploying the strategies of working three days, one team, three days, another team to kind of, you know, to, to manage that kind of risk. But in hospitality, that's just impossible, right? Uh, if you, if you have a COVID case in, in, in one of the restaurants and uh, almost all your team is there on a, on a Saturday night, uh, then, and, and if you are expected then to, to completely close the, the venue or anyone who's been a close contact has to go in isolation, which is happening in UK is calling it pandemic, right? Um, so if, if something like that is, is enforced by the government, it'll become really, really hard for businesses because you'll end up really closing it for 10, 15 days without the workforce, you really can't do it. And we don't have the flexibility in hospitality, especially to have the uh, workforce, which is which is separated on, on the days of work. It's just practically impossible. So I'm hoping we don't need to go down that path simply because uh, I'm expecting by the time we open in October uh, and we get to some kind of a normalized business by November, December, we'll see a very high level of two vaccinations, right? Uh, when you when you've got to that point, I'm hoping we don't need to enforce where uh, where we have to uh, uh, put the whole team into lockdown and the whole hotel or a venue in a lockdown. It should be more like if you've been a close contact and you're not vaccinated, then you then you stay isolated for a short period of time. But if you're vaccinated, you go for a rapid test. And if it's clear from the test, you're back to the work. You know, we have to find a way to move forward. We can't just find reasons to 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 stop we have to find more reasons to kind of move forward and learn to live with it and this i mean the vaccine is going to play a huge part as we know um and it's a tough one Potentially, I don't, we can edit this out if you don't want to have to answer it. Um, but has the business formed a position yet on its approach to letting people visit without, with or without vaccines, and or, or has that just been handed down to you by the government in in which you're governments in which you're operating as to how you have to approach that? Do you feel comfortable with 
what your responsibilities are because, I mean, there's been several examples on social media over the last week of businesses who've said that, you know, restaurants, there's a couple of high-profile restaurants in Sydney who have gone out and said we are now taking bookings only for vaccinated people as they believe they're they have to, um, yeah. and they're facing you know significant backlash. So there's um, you know, there's a high potential for businesses to suffer reputationally through that process as well. So I imagine everyone's sort of navigating their way around it as best as they can. Uh, long-winded question, and if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But oh, no, no, uh, no, do, you, um, do you know where you're at with that? <laughs> I'm absolutely happy happy to answer. And we've actually taken a bit of a public stance on it already. I'm not sure if you if you come across it, but we we launched something a few weeks ago, which is called Vax Pact. Uh, which is our commitment to get to 100% vaccination, double dose for our teams by the end of December. Um, it, it's not a it's not a mandatory in any way or form. But what we have done is instead of saying no jab, no job, which is one approach some some businesses may have taken, we've decided to work together with the team, educate, facilitate, have a discussion, and continuously talk to them that the only way out for hospitality is through the vaccinations. The only thing we can really practically do to assist along with the community is to go through this process. So we put a target up that all the team members, we would like to see all the team members vaccinated, 100% first vaccination done by end of October and the second vaccination done by end of December. And we're making really good headways. You know, in Sydney, we're sitting at 80% of the team has taken the first vaccination and 60% has taken the second vaccination. So I'll be very, uh, uh, I, I think by the time we get to end of October, we should be sitting at around 70 odd percent um, you know, two vaccinations done within the overall group and uh, and 90, 90% 95%, if not 100% uh, done by end of October, the first vaccination, which is which is a great sign. So my approach is to is to educate, incentivize, collaboratively work together and not necessarily penalize people for their view towards vaccination. They may have a reasonable view too. You know, if you are, if you have health reasons to not do it, or if you, if, you know, if you have um, you know, uh, not so sure about it. So there are various ways to help through the process. Same applies to the guests. So we are about to actually launch something within the next week, and you'll see it in the market, which is an extension of the VAX pack. We always said we're going to have something for the guests, but we didn't specify exactly what it's going to look like. And now we know the recovery probably starting somewhere in November. We're ready to start what it looks like for the guests, and we will add some additional perks for the people who are who who have taken double vaccination to come and stay with us. So again, the idea is to is to incentivize um, those who have taken the vaccination, more of say high five and say, hey, thank you. You know, we've done this, you've done that. Thank you very much. Love you. Come welcome. And, and you know, you're very welcome here. Instead of necessarily stopping and restricting people to do what they need to do, because they may have a valid reason for it. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, but can I um, just ask you a further question in that direction, Dave, uh, to elaborate? In, in terms of your own, because it's such an important point, this one, uh, in terms of your own staff journey on that, uh, in loose percentages maybe, like what percentage were pro-vaccine and, you know, maybe people were unsure? And then how much time and energy has it taken to, you know, start building that, you know, education um, and understanding within the team? And, uh, you know, is there any – because I think a lot of businesses will be sort of thinking about this right now and, and that very um, – classic uh, black and white approach of no job, no jab or whatever. It, like okay. it's it sort of, it, you know, it, let's have a discussion in the first instance rather than just playing down the law. It's a very sort of um, polarising position. I think it, that's got to be a nuanced discussion. So how's it gone? Can you go into that in a little bit more detail just with the team? It's actually been really, really 
um, it, it's been accepted by the team members uh, in a very natural fashion. And I'm sure there is uh, there was some uh, you know hesitancy um, at at various levels when we first started, uh, but. It's, it's been a process of education. You know, the idea is like, hey, if you need a sick leave to make that happen, go for it. If you need an annual leave to make that happen, go for it. Would you like to have a discussion, uh, you know, with any of the senior team members of how, why we think is the right way, you know, go for it. We've done a, a bit of a competition within the team to say, hey, who's leading the, the leading the chart and, and people coming together. And, it's, you know, first, before we even announced it, we ensured everyone in the leadership role in the organization has had a discussion around it internally. And we've gone for our two jabs. And the very first time we announced it, we had a photo of all the senior leaders saying that, hey, we've taken the two jabs. So we started the journey. Please come together and join us, make it make it forward. So we've, I think with the approach we've taken is a very positive approach towards it. But we didn't really go and start the discussion saying, who's not ready to take it? Because that, in my view, that question sometimes unnecessarily puts people in a position where they have to make a decision now when you're doing that survey Am I going for it or I'm not going for it? Because a lot of people who, who simply don't know, who haven't given it enough thought, who, who've been sitting in a, in a location where, like, for example, in Canberra, there was no cases for a long period of time, right? Uh, and, it's, and it's a young population. The vaccine is not even available to them uh, to some extent. So how do you ask that question and put people into that perspective? And once they made up their mind, that they're not, they don't want to do it, then it's hard to change that mind. So we took the approach where we proactively announced to say, we are going for it, guys. Here's all the leaders taken the two jabs. We would like you to come together because we want to provide a safe working environment for our guests, for our employees. That's the right thing to do. It's pretty much the only thing we can do to find this business returning. And if you love hospitality, you want to be out and about and you want to work in this industry, you got to come in and support because it, it's really your industry. And that actually resonated really, really well. I haven't had, I've had a lot of conversations with the teams. We've run a lot of micro uh, sessions with the team to pass that message. But we haven't really had a major pushback as such from any individual where they've said, I'm absolutely against it. I'm not going to. Almost everyone is kind of saying, I'm thinking about it. Give me some more time. I would rather wait for another vaccine type to come through, or I would like to see it through for another few weeks. You know, what are my options if I if I can't if I don't do it for another few weeks? And and that's the discussion, which is a positive discussion, right? People are not saying no, I will never do it. You know, and I'm sure there are some like that, but they're not coming to so far in the front to actually demoralize everyone else because the momentum is there to get there. Does does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I've really taken a lot away from that conversation. Really appreciate that. Um, look, should we ask Dave a bit about um, some of the tangible processes that you? Uh, uh, yeah. I thought that would be good because Dave, obviously, you, you you're operating across different. Um, markets, um, you know, Sydney CBD, Melbourne, um, well, yeah, sorry, basically CBD, well, yeah, CBD, um, Brisbane. Um, so I guess one thing I wanted to, to really understand from you is how you're approaching the operational topics a across 
um, operations proper in terms of getting the rooms ready and having a team stood up, front office ready to go, reservations um, in place, um, just people in general and how you're sending people back up or um, what challenges there might be um, in terms of um, either the retention piece or trying to fill roles that may have been vacated over the, over the last period. And then um, from a marketing perspective, um, and this is again to just provide insight to other people in the sector as to 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 what a what a large um, diverse operator is doing. Like, are you going hard to market now and trying to encourage people to book, or are you taking a different um, strategy to that? So, a lot I've asked you a lot there, but um, <laughs> do your best. Yeah, no, no, I can I can give you an overview of a thought process in relation to uh, marketing as well as operations and team members, and to some extent they are they are interconnected, right? Because the approach is is not uh, an individual approach for the three sectors. It, it's pretty much one approach um, which has various different bits and pieces. So, uh, firstly, let's talk about uh, about uh, you know the engagement with the team, with the community, with the guests, and and also kind of follows into that into that marketing side. So. We created a small project called Wonderful Project, uh, which the idea uh, in that project is to is to is to say, okay, how are we going to keep engagement with our existing team members? How are we going to have uh, a bit of a path for our guests as well as employees within that within that framework to incentivize for them to come back? And while there's no point throwing offers out in the market at the moment, uh, uh, deals out of the market, because people we don't really know where they can go. Can they come to Queensland in the month of November, December, maybe January? Who knows, you know? Uh, uh, how long it will take for interstate travel to start? Will we be able to travel just Victoria or will we be able to go Canberra? So we're not trying to do promotional activity too much at this stage. We are building uh, content for the promotional activity later, but we're really trying to work on engagement piece at this stage. And under the wonderful project, that's what we've been doing. So the VAX Pact, which is our own commitment to get to a vaccination point, is one important part of the wonderful project. Let's get vaccinated and let's celebrate uh, or, or let's say uh, let's come together as a team to to get to 100% vaccination to provide a safe environment for the guests and the team, but also incentivize the guests to come through our venues when it's open uh, and give them some extra perks and, and say high five when they come through to our doors, which will also become a promotional activity down the track because we'll use that as a tactical advantage to communicate with the market that we're sitting in that space. 95% of our community or 100% of our community is, 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 is actually vaccinated. So it will turn into some kind of a, a promotional pull at some point. But at this point, it's an engagement tool. The next thing we started is we created a, a, a using Instagram live uh, environment to, to using a fame pillar. And we like we ran a yoga session, which was invited for all the Instagram community as well as the employees who attended that online. And this week, I think we have a musician, Rob Mills, playing in one of the weeks. We have Ian Curley, chef, going doing a cooking show. Um, we have uh, Benny Holloway doing a, a, a musical performance. So there are various different you know partners who are working with us to kind of get that engagement going within our community. Uh, third thing we started is more for internal uh, team members is uh, we partnered with Resilience Project. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. It's a Melbourne-based uh, small team and they're really, really amazing guys. Very, very simple uh, a process, which is really focusing on building resilience within our within the teams. So we've done a ten month uh, a program where we are talking about one of the key, you know, one of the ten pillars to build the resilience within the team. As you would appreciate, you know, the mental health is is, is a major, major issue at this stage. And uh, you know, think about it. I mean, everyone is hoping when 
uh, the pandemic is over. I'll go out and take a holiday and grab a drink with my friend and whatever. And you know what? Hospitality will end up getting to work. We also thinking the same thing, you know, is, is this hotel guys that also need to go out and, and celebrate and have fun, but they will be working in that environment first. So it'll be very hard transition. It'll be very hard transition for those for hospitality people to come back, but they have to come back because they've been out of work for so long. So there's a, it, I think there is a lot more resilience required uh, to be to be withstanding this 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 situation, right? And come out as a winner on the other side. So, and also it's a only thing I can do to my team is is proactively work with them and keep them engaged with the business um, and and get them ready to see through this particular uncertain period and come out as a winner on the other side. So Resilience Project's been a, a great, great help actually to create that uh, that discussion internally within our team members. Like we are really focused on gratitude this particular month and having discussions around what the gratitude means, how do you say thank you? And we have a social platform internally where everyone is posting their, their great moments, you know, where they're feeling great about some little things. So that's come a long way. So as, as you can see, that they're, they're interconnected. The idea is, again, to keep the team engaged, motivated, plus emotionally ready to kind of see through this particular period, stay there as a community. And in that way, I will retain the staff. You know, that's that that's the underlining um, uh, benefit to the businesses is the team is is positively looking to see it through the period and come out on the other side because the staffing is going to be a major issue. We all know that there's no backpackers in the market. There is no international students coming in and a lot of people leaving hospitality because it's been really have, have had a major impact. There's no training has happened in any of the businesses for a long period of time. We've been doing some training, but it's all online and it's not exactly the same. And there's no on-site experience happening and it, it's going to be a major, major push to uh, to retain the staff, to retrain the staff and re-engage them in the business and get the same value what we used to get. And the guests who are going to come this time, they will be expecting more than what they've expected in the past because they've been locked in for a while and they really want something amazing from you, right? So it's a very, uh, it's, it's an interesting situation we're going to find ourselves in. But hey, the only thing we can do at the moment is engage with the staff, engage with the guests, keep them motivated, keep them excited about what's ahead. Um, plan for that opening on the on the other side in, in a few months time and and you can say all these things coming together they are my marketing tools and engagement tools at the same time because they do they do both of it but really my my approach has been is work on engagement if we actually get the engagement sorted in these periods when there's nothing else happening it automatically creates a, a good relationship with your customers and your employees which then turns into and create opportunities for, for marketing for you down the track. Along with that, we've done one more thing to keep the team engaged as, as you know, uh, takeaways is, 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 is a big growth area just so that we don't lose uh, kitchen staff. We, we're doing a lot of takeaway menus. We're doing, you know, provider style menus, which, which we are, which we are providing. I mean, they, they, they don't make a huge amount of money for the business, but it's a good way to keep the team engaged. You know, at least my chefs are in the kitchen. Uh, my guys are on, on uh, you know, helping with the packaging and delivering, and they're not just sitting at home. They're doing some little bit of work to uh, to stay relevant, to stay engaged with the business, and they're excited about it. They're getting small wins and and a lot of high fives throwing around about the you know the revenue they managed to do uh, through the takeaways. And I, I like to think that we'll continue to grow that particular side. So giving them small little challenges to keep them engaged has really really worked well. The last thing is. 
I think the cleanliness is 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 going to continue to be a key focus. You know, the guest would expect that you would provide a clean, um, you know, I would not say a COVID-free environment because it'll be very, very hard to kind of commit to it, but what can you best do? And and we we rolled out, you know, a, a program called OCDC, which is Obsessive Commitment to Deep Cleaning from Avola's side. And we've set up some ground rules and it was done in, in, in very early in the piece. And we kind of continue to, to monitor and massage to make sure that it meets the need of the customer. So, you know, we'll... I would like to think we'll be telling the customer when they when they come back and the guests when they come back in the opening is to say, majority of my team is vaccinated. We'll incentivize you if you're vaccinated. We really appreciate that. You have a great clean environment here. And we've kept the engagement going with them over the last many, many weeks, which should uh, make them feel comfortable to come over. And we're a great lifestyle product. We create unique experiences. You know, we have a big promotional activity, which is called Stay K My Way where you can actually customize your stay within the hotel and, and, and have a lot of unique experiences to go after, which is probably what guests are after. Uh, they don't want just a hotel stay. They want something unique and customized to, to their own needs. So, And we have amazing food and beverage outlets. So I think we as ready as we can be. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, to that period a few, few months away where we have an opportunity to host a lot of guests and have a lot of fun. That is a really good uh, overview, and I, I really like uh, the thinking there. Um, and for sample one, but you got me excited about coming and staying. So you know, uh, <laughs> it's going to be this confidence piece <laughs> that, uh, um, and just thinking about what you're describing is a, 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 a there's quite a few discussions uh, around, and it, I think a lot of it depends on which business you are, whether you're going to you know receive the pent up demand or not. You know, like I think generalizations are probably not anyone's friend at this stage, but I think that um, brands with uh, that can um, a trusted by a consumer um, will 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 be you know do better than the ones that aren't, and then as a gateway to experience, I think it's a really good insight as well because it's, if people make a commitment to going um, out at all or going to a trusted environment, then they'll really rely on that intermediary for the rest of the experience, if that makes sense. So unlike uh, you, you know perhaps once upon a time going saying at a hotel and then going in, out in multiple restaurants people may say well actually i'm happy to go to the hotels i trust the hotel and then i want my experience to be based in that hotel and you know in a way because that environment i feel safe in but others i may not i think i think we are just safety is taking on a huge other meaning in in terms of my work dave it was in terms of 24-hour economy nighttime economy the focus was on physical safety you know i guess in in yep. context of risk environments but Hygiene um, is and and uh, and cleanliness is uh, you know I think where the, <laughs> the debate has shifted quite quickly uh, uh, and, and I think will be a key determinant of mass market behaviours in the next um, six months. Yeah, no, I, I do see that 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 is a as a as a major point, and you know when you when you locked away for for a long period of time and you haven't had a chance to be out and about and be yourself really uh, the first thing you would like to do is go and meet people who are your close connections or who you are emotionally attached with and there's no reason why a bit you you're not emotionally attached with the business right um, and uh, the businesses who in my view and i'm not talking about just myself as a generic opinion is this is a great time when people are at home to actually create that emotional connection 
uh, with uh, with them uh, and and connect the business and take it closer to to the people. So when they're out and about uh, in their subconscious mind, they they are aware that uh, that you were always there for them. You're always there engaging and discussing, not trying to just sell something at every point of time, but actually trying to understand the needs and 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 the message was aligned to their message and and like-minded people, right? In in a way, and it always goes a long way. And it. I mean, the only thing we can do is just be ourselves, right? So we're just trying to do the best what who we are. And uh, I hope there's enough number of people to fall in love with what, what we do and, and, you know, what we like to do and align themselves with us. And if that's the case, then it's a, it's a successful business. I think um, the, the point you made, I, I had not thought about before, but just in relation to the resilience of the staff members, I, it's probably a really important one for businesses right across the hospitality and leisure sector to understand um i think in terms of um you know it's not just consumers that have been locked at home throughout this experience it's the staff as well and and like every other human they are want to go they're going to want to go back out and reconnect with their friends but as you said you know they are going to become in very they're already in very um high demand short supply um the number of hours and the um and the environments that they're going to be put in where they've gone from being at home to then serving other people as they go out and do the exact same thing that they themselves want to be going out and doing um is going to be confronting for a lot of them i think a lot of people will just be happy to be back at work and you know hospitality workplaces are typically very social environments anyway so they will get some kind of fix but those employers that are that uh, I guess acknowledge that and try and find ways to overcome that feeling of missing out for their staff members. It's probably nothing other than just trying to do something nice for your employees. It doesn't have to be about a benefit for the business, but understanding that and trying to find ways to facilitate them having a bit of fun and relaxing and making the most of what will be a pretty uh, party filled summer, I would suggest. Um, I think it's really important to note. And, and so thanks for bringing that up. I, honestly, I personally hadn't thought about that at all. And, and maybe there's other people out there that hadn't thought about it either. Yeah, no, it's actually been an amazing project. I have to say, Luke, you know, the Resilience Project has been a, has been a good initiative. I've been, um, I'm very uh, proud and happy that we, we got engaged in that basis. I mean, we, we've always worked with teams. It's a, it's a close family kind of a unit and uh, you know we come together and talk very often but uh, you know uh, i'm not sure if you're aware but australia has a very high number of uh, i think we're number two or number three in the, in the world when it comes to the percentage level of depressions and anxieties we we, we face so if, if anything this is going to go this is going through a roof um, in the current scenarios where people are, are are in lockdowns right so it doesn't it doesn't really help uh, and the young uh, population, especially, is 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 um, is at higher risk. So a robust discussion around building resilience and in a positive way, where it's it doesn't look like it's a it's a problem which needs a cure, but it it's the simple things you can do to actually prevent yourself not getting into that mindset which which sets you on the wrong path, and it's it's creating that positive energetic mindset to stay engaged and look forward to the next day is, is, is really the direction it takes. So it's quite an interesting program. I've really enjoyed, um, you know, uh, working on it with, with the team and the team has taken it to another level and, and I think it will continue with us for another another many months to come. And it's been a, it's been a good fun initiative. And that's family business. Could I ask one more question? Um, maybe not be the only one, but it's going to start 
on a negative slant but then on a positive one. What's keeping you up at the moment in terms of, you know, what's concerning you the most about the reopening process? If, if you can, if there is one thing that, you know, you're just, you, you're really trying to solve for um, in advance. And then, you know, on the other side of that, what, what are you most excited about in terms of reopening? What, what, what's, what's that, maybe that one thing, if it's welcoming a guest through the door for the first time that, you know, is, is going to be that, that moment that su- suggests that it's kind of over and, you know, you're on the, on the way up again? Yeah, and I see every crisis brings a lot of opportunities. So the lot, the more reasons for me to be excited about, I think, is just probably me the way the way I look at life. Uh, you know, I'm I'm quite excited about the fact that we'll be open up again and 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 get back to doing what we love doing as as, as a team. And I I can seriously see that there is a there is a, a a clear light at the end of the tunnel, and we know what we need to do or what we can possibly do to see it through. And who cares about the things we can't control, right? Uh, if there's another uh, outbreak of a virus of a new strain or something else in some other part of the world, I can't do anything about it. So I won't, I won't lose my, you know, my sleep over it. I think I'll just focus with my team to, to do the best I know, um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and be ready for it and get super excited about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that the recovery will be there and the recovery is going to be, or, or let's say that the new start instead of just focusing on recovery, the new start would is, is something in the direction which is close to us and close to me and and the close to the brand, which is experiences, lifestyle, good quality product. People want to make a good use of it, food and beverage. I love all these aspects in these areas and I'll be enjoying it when, when that time comes. And I'm sure my team is superly excited about that as well. At the same time, there are businesses who need a turnaround, you know, who haven't really gone through uh, that, uh, you know, that, that, that upward cycle, they have not invested in business in the last 18 months to, to see it through. And they're going to find it hard. You know, if they have not, uh, if your product is tired and it's in the city and it's, it's catered towards the business traveler and there's a, some time there to recover, they, they need to, you know, they will be in some kind of a trouble. And to some extent, as an investor, it provides some opportunities for me to, to buy a few new assets and reposition them and, 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 and create some more products. So I'm excited about the growth opportunities. Uh, I know it will come at the cost of someone else's loss, but hey, it's a growth opportunity I'm excited about and I'm getting ready as to what it means. You know, how do I, how do I ensure I have the right team members, right equity, right investors, right banks to support me to find their growth? So I, I think. I think we'll see growth as a business in 2022 and uh, it'll be a lot more fun to create new products. So that's the few things I'm excited about. What I'm worried about, uh, I, I think that the, the team and, and the people is, is, is probably the, the, the biggest of, of, of the concern. To, to, when you get into the recovery phase, can we afford to open seven days a week uh, restaurant for, for three meals a day you know, at every venue? I think the answer is, is straight away no. Um, there's not enough manpower within the country to facilitate that, uh, especially the young uh, people required to run the food and beverage venues. Hotels shouldn't be an issue. I think we'll, we'll see it through. But again, there will be challenges in housekeeping, workload, um, you know, the mental health of the team members. I think these are the these are the issues which I which I'm worried about the most. You know, the, it's all related to that 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 workplace, the culture, you know, uh, are the teams ready? How are we going to train them when the work, uh, you know, comes up? And the other thing is really how patchy, you know, uh, the recovery would look like. Because to some extent, if we don't come together as a, as a and have one guideline, you know, within the country, we'll be playing with different rules in different states. And that's not fun. That is just, 
that just kills the momentum. It's just very hard to get the team behind it. It's very hard to get investors and the banks understanding what's happening because every state is doing things differently. Very hard to put promotional activity and engagement with the customer and the guests together because every place is doing differently. So that is a, actually that that's probably one of my major concern is, is to see how as a country are we going to react? Are we going to react as a one country to find a sustainable growth path uh, out of it? Or are we going to work in, in, in different states in a fragmented approach? And in that case, it'll be much more long drawn recovery, which is, which is not good for society, not good for community, not good for business in my view. Well, I can't do much about it though. <laughs> oh, well, like, you know, I think, um, um, you know, from my little vantage point uh, in some of your comments you made earlier about, uh, I guess, having a proactive industry approach on these matters and looking at New South Wales as, you know, and what learnings to take. And then uh, you, you know, I, I think you, we'd all agree uh, that in this uh, challenging period, there has been greater like communication um, between industry um, and government. And, um, and like one thing I'm always encouraging uh now that I have a government role, is, uh, is is the best you can to try and align industry so that the communication and messaging, uh, you know, can come into a, a, the government and they can make the better decisions um, based on, you know, like a, a more aligned message as opposed to fragmented messages, which is yeah. which is um, the challenges you uh, articulating quite well with uh, the states being in different um phases um of the different parts of the journey but you know i guess uh maybe we'll get you back on in three months and and maybe there's a kind of more uniform <laughs> position <laughs> well, that, let's hope we have a we have a good sustainable you know national plan to to see through it uh, when we when we speak next uh michael but I, i'm quite excited about uh no one we can't say who's done the right what's wrong or what's right i mean no one knew how to deal with this right so we all tried our best possible uh, approach to, to see it through. Um, and I'm, I'm quite proud where how New South Wales have tried to control it, have controlled it very well in the initial phases. Delta slipped away. There was no real clear, you know, guideline on how to take control of it. And they said, okay, that's the way forward. And they started that very early, taking the lead in relation to say, let's get the vaccinations done. Let's see it through. This is the plan. So that is, I think, I, I'm, I, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's decisive, it's clear. It's articulated, it's, 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 it's staying firm on the path, and that's the certainty. You know, business and people need a, 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 a way out, and they need a path to, to follow. Hey, the path can be a little bit wrong, a little bit right, who knows? We'll figure it out, but at least we have a path, and I'm, I'm quite proud that New South Wales taken that stance, and uh, there's strong leadership there, and there's a good follow-up happening, and I've, we have seen now Victoria having alignment along that line as well. And I can see even Queensland, like, you know, there is a huge discussion happening. Let's take the vaccination. Let's get let's get out there and get it done. So I think we're definitely learning from each other's um, experiences and, 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 and you know, um, leadership. So I, I, I'm positive that, you know, we'll see a better alignment this time around than we've seen in the last uh, 12 months. Right. Well, uh, I think we're, um, we're, it's just right to thank you for your time and, um, insights this, um, morning, Dave. And I, I think I've got a lot out of it as normal. We'll, um, make sure that we get this out and hopefully others can learn from, uh, you know, uh, your great work. Um, and, and, and look forward to the rest of the series where we interview a few other people from different parts of the sector. Thanks, Mike. Thank you very much. Thanks, Luke. Okay, it's always Thanks, fun having a chat with you guys. And I look forward to grab a beer together soon, hey? Very soon, hopefully. <laughs> Either way. Wonderful. Cheers. Thanks, Bye. mate. Bye.